All right, if you guys have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 21. We're going to be in verse 15 through 21. And I'm just going to um, begin with our prayer that's kind of centered our, our time in Revelation. And then we'll get into the text and, uh, and see what the Lord has for us today. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Revelation 21, 15 through 21. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia, its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurements, which is also angels' measurements. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. First was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh j- uh, jacknith, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that's what it is, the twelfth amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. So, for the last couple of years, I have been looking at Zillow, looking at the housing market in Snohomish County. And I, I do it fairly regularly. And it's been interesting to me. Actually, I got an email this week that said, Hey, in one section in Snohomish County, prices went up from the medium price to like from 490000 to like 720000 in the last year. And it was insane to me to watch these housing prices climb and climb, particularly in the last two years. And as I've been doing this and I've been talking with Jim about it, and from my understanding, once a good house goes on the market, there's a rat race to get there first. There's a rat race to get there first to have the best the biggest bid with the most benefits for the seller. And I have seen houses come on the market that I can look at them and I know, I'm like, there are people that are worrying about this, that they're not gonna get it. There's all sorts of anxiety and there's, uh, they're filling themselves with thoughts of scarcity, like where are we gonna live? Where's that house that we're gonna buy? And in our culture and in our area, in particular, looking at this, this case and housing, is one of those things that's it's at a premium. Uh, in our culture and in our area, we worry about this quite a bit. Maybe not us individually, some of us, but maybe not all of us. And in that worry, we don't live like God is a wealthy God. That God cares about us. We're, we're not living that, that. We live like God's resources, like his, his love and his grace and his faith and hope, like they might run out in Snohomish County. If we can just... There is a worry that if we don't do things right and correctly, then God's not going to bless us. That if we get if we get into God with our highest bid in hopes that he might honor us. And as we've gone through Revelation, I hope that one thing that we've seen is that God's kingdom doesn't look like or work like the kingdoms of earth. 
That God's economy and what it runs on will never, ever run out. And what we value here on earth may not be the same thing that God values in his kingdom. Here in this passage, we get an up-close view of this huge city that God has established, that Jesus has prepared for us, that he promised he would, and we, we can see here its height, its length, as well as get a good look at the materials God has used. And the truth is, I was actually pretty bummed about preaching this passage. I haven't preached for the last couple of weeks, so it's been sitting there, and I've been like, man, i got to preach this? Like, I don't... I don't really want to. I just read it. You guys know, like, it's not the most exciting text in the world with measurements and a listing of of building materials that are there. But I thought that I I might clump together with maybe the scripture before or the scripture after. And and honestly, like, I had this this view, and I thought that there was not much in it here for us. So I had the thought even of scarcity coming into this, into this text and into this idea that, it, that God might not have enough for us in this text. But as we take a closer look, and I pray that we may be blessed, and I fully trust that God has something here for us today because He is uh, giving it to us in His abundance. And where I thought there was scarcity, there isn't. There is abundance of of beautiful things that God can show us in this picture today. This holy city that God shows us is a square, and it has 12 gates. The the, the walls are really thick, and they're also very tall surrounding the entire city. The walls are are actually really, really thick and really, really tall. And and this should give us comfort uh, to a certain extent, like as we kind of consider... Uh, what walls mean. They mean safety and all that kind of stuff. But as we step back and look at the city of God from afar, we can see that the walls are tiny in comparison with the city of God. It's almost like the city doesn't even have walls except for these gates that are there made out of marble because the city is, is high and mighty. It's massive in scope and it's impressive in the execution of its design that God has for it. It is more than the great cities of this world could ever be uh, imagined because it's great and it's beyond great in it, the way that it's put together. But then again, our God is great beyond great. And the city shouldn't be a huge surprise to us, only a blessing. The walls of this city, it's interesting. I, I Thinking about the scope of the city, they can't be there for, for protection because the gates are always open. And because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is already, we've seen him annihilate all his enemies, is watching over this city. So the gates are there and the walls are there, but it doesn't seem that it's there for protection because we have protection, continued protection from God and from the Lamb who's on the throne. See, the wall is 72 yards high when you do the measurements, but the city is 1,500 miles high. It's a bit of a difference. And as Tyrone said last week and reminded us that the gates are open. They're open in all directions. They're open to the vast throng of people of God who come from every tribe, nation, and tongue the world has ever seen. And let the vastness and the grandeur of the city remind us of the vastness and the grandeur of our God and His goodness poured out on us. Not only is God vast, but he's wealthy as well. 
This earth is his. He is greater than space and time. Whereas God's city is measurable, his love for us is not measurable. Whether, and neither is what we'd call wealth. God uses wealth differently than we do on this planet. I looked up the materials that are mentioned here, and I did a Google search. I just wanted to see what they, what they looked like. And I looked at where they came from, and, and what struck me as I did this was the diversity of the stones. The diversity of the stones. There wasn't just one kind or one color of building material in this city. Some of them, like, like emerald, bright green, bright gr- green, but there were other colors that aren't that way. Even like onyx has different types of onyx. There's not just one type. And it has many colors that we'd love to look at in nature. Like when I would look at them, it took me back to like Joshua Tree or like Red Rocks or like some of these different places. And I think that uh, in some of these, I think that would be beautiful to look at, but I, I, and then other, others of these materials, I'm like, it's going to be interesting how they fit into the grand scope of things. I'm, uh, but we can know that it's going to be beautiful. And as I looked up the materials that are mentioned here, I looked up where they came from as well. And as I, um, I, I, I wondered, uh, as I looked at these pictures, um, where they all came from. And these stones come from, all over the world. They come from all over the world. Some of these are, are, are found in specific places and only in specific places. Like, for example, like one of the, I can't remember which one, but it said um, it's found in America, but it's only found in like Alaska, Arkansas, and like Kentucky. And nowhere else in the United States. So it's found in very specific regions. But as I look these up and I look at where they saw, the list of countries blessed me because as great as like where these stones could be gathered from for a great city think of think of this list and i'm going to read this list of countries as i looked at it and it it just and see if it might bless you as well because every tribe nation and tongue will be represented not only from the earth that the stones where they're gathered but the people that come from those places this list that blessed me is india russia egypt Madagascar, Australia, Afghanistan, Cambodia, Cameroon, China, Colombia, Ethiopia, Kenya, Laos, Malawi, Mozambique, Myanmar, Nigeria, Rwanda, Sri Lanka, Tanzania, Thailand, US, Vietnam, Brazil, Zambia, Yemen, Greece, Argentina, Canada, Czech Republic, Germany, Pakistan, Indonesia, and the list goes on and on and on and on until every country is named. And as I did this, it reminded me of like, not only are the materials vast, but the people of God, they're going to look different and they're going to be there and it's going to be beautiful because every tribe, nation, and tongue is there. Every region of the world is represented in its, in its diversity and its beauty. And as I read this list of countries, I was blessed to know that the gates are wide open for the people that God will pour in from all over. And it will be beautiful in its diversity. And the materials and the people that were redeemed by God will come from every corner of this earth, including the ocean with the pearl gates. Although, the, although here on earth we have these, these gems, these gems that we see in here, they've done something differently. 
they haven't been come together to make a majestic city. They've caused division. They've caused wars. The greedy and grubby people that have enslaved folks to get at these gems. But in God's kingdom, they are there in abundance. There is no scarcity with them. All of these valuable trinkets are common enough in heaven to build this huge city. N.T. Wright calls this picture of God's kingdom the marriage of heaven and earth. And we see both here as God's people are restored and so is his creation. But what we see as holy on earth is common in the city of God. I was in asphalt paver for like 12 years. And it says that the streets in in God's city are going to be paved with gold. Asphalt is not a pleasant substance. It's common. It's common rocks, common sand. They can be found anywhere. And yet, that's what gold is in heaven. The things that have earthly value here and now, like gold and money and diamonds and wealth and rare items, beautiful artifacts. Aaron, I wasn't going to mention guitars or anything like that. Like the things that have beauty now and jewels of of wealthy, wealthy earth. We will see all of this in the person of Jesus as his face shines on his city, that he is more worthy than any of this, that he is more wealthy than anything this world has ever seen. That, and in this, we may know that money is nothing to him, that there's no scarcity, that there is an abundance found in God's presence. As I was praying the Psalms this week, this Psalm was one that struck me uh, as, as a prayer and a reminder uh, and and it, it says better a little help or, or better is a lit is a little that the righteous have than the piled up riches of sinners. The Lord directs the steps of a man. He establishes him in the ways he delights. Though he fall, he shall be cast down forever. The Lord is the stay of his hand. I've been a young man and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the godly one forsaken or his children begging bread. He is ever giving liberally and lending, and his seed becomes a blessing. Depart from evil and do good. So shall you abide in peace. For the Lord is a lover of justice. He will not forsake his saints. In this, I was reminded that we won't go without. That his blessing is on us and will be on us forevermore. Even if we don't have everything we want right now, God always provides for our needs and we get to trust him. We get to trust in his wealth. We get to trust in his generosity. We get to trust in his grace and love. Trust that we continue to follow Jesus and that he will not forsake us. Even if at times we feel like he's forsaken us, but we are not a, a Uh, But we are not forsaken because we can see time and time again that God wants to dwell with his people and not only dwell with them, but lavish good gifts on them. He will not forsake us because God's kingdom, uh, God's economy and ours are different. His grace is freely given, even though it cost him so much. For us, we get to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We don't seek out the jewels and the gold and all that stuff. We get to seek God, not the trinkets of this world. The virtues of Jesus are harder to measure than the dollars or, or, or the, the things that we have. 
that it's harder to measure what love can do than the thing like you can count how many dollars you have. You can't count how much love means to you because things don't work like God's things don't work like the things of this world. In this picture, we see the wealth of God's kingdom that we seek first, but we also seek righteousness. In that, we seek right standing with Jesus and we seek to be in a right relationship with him. Truth is that without a right relationship with Jesus, this majestic city is worthless as well. We need Jesus there with us. We need to seek him. We need to be in right relationship with him. And as we seek him, we can trust that his generosity and that he wants to be in relationship with us. He wants and and has his gifts of love and peace and grace and faith and hope. These things that he gives us will never run out. He is generous and he loves to lavish on on us as we seek him out. And I pray that we might seek him. And in seeking him, we will find him. But also that we might never grow weary of seeking Jesus. Yes, we found him, but we keep seeking him. He's not hiding from us, but he is asking us to follow him. And we lose sight of him from time to time. And far more, more often than we'd like to. So let us come back to seeking Jesus with our heart and with our life. Let us repent from our apathy and our laziness in seeking Jesus and seek first the kingdom of God and a right relationship with Jesus. Jesus desires above all things to be in relationship with us. Well, above all things, he desires God's glory, but in that he wants right relationship with us and in that will bring God glory. And this is why Jesus came to earth. He came to be with us That is why He has prepared this glorious city for us to dwell in because He wants to be with us forevermore. He loves us so much that He wants to spend time with you and with me. He wants to see us healthy and doing well, enjoying the life that He's given you. And so in that, let us seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He is extending these things to us and we get to walk in them. Jesus gifts are unlike the gifts of this world. His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, hope, faith, love, and grace, these things will never run out. They are worth more than any jewel found on earth. They are worth so much more that it is worth living for with everything that we have, just as Jesus gave up his body and his blood for us, just as Jesus being put on the cross and killed so that we might be able to find him in life. It was costly for him, but it shows that his love will never run out. Jesus rose from the dead so that we might know that he is enough for us. And so I pray that we may allow him to be enough for us. We don't have to look at the housing market in Snohomish County to see what this world is like, but it's helpful. It's helpful because we can see that and know that God's kingdom works differently and it's far better. God wants good for us. Amen. He wants majesty for us. He and he has the resources to provide it for us. So my prayer is that we may seek first the kingdom of God and then all this will be added to us. My prayer for us this week, Grace and Mercy Church, is that we seek Jesus. Each of us children, women, men of Grace and Mercy Church, that we may seek Jesus. And it'll look different for each and every one of us.
But as we seek and search for Jesus in our life, let us pay attention to his good gifts today and seek out what he may have for us. Who knows what the good Lord will provide because he loves to provide for his children. So Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful city. I thank you that you are not a God of scarcity, but a God of abundance. Lord, I pray that we may find you, that we may seek you, that we may keep seeking you, that we may never lose sight of you. Lord, that we can just keep coming to you over and over again and experience the richness of your gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you guys...